this was another brand new day. Amen. And everything went well. Nothing to complain about. Amen. As we continue our study uh, in Timothy's first letter, I'm sorry, second letter uh, that Paul wrote to Timothy. scriptures that have the power that gives us the knowledge that we need about uh, what's those six things? God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen, the devil, and heaven and hell. And, and, and it's, only, it's only in the Bible you're going to get real, true, all-time answers about those six entities. About God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, the devil and heaven and hell. You only gonna get true, accurate, life, uh, all, 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 everlasting is the word I'll use. Uh, because you know, principles, they tell me that the, the kids doing the math now, can't you? You see, principles of math change. You know, you got that, our parents called our math that new math. So now we looking at the kids, now they got that new math. <laughs> you know, it's just the formulas, the numbers still don't always come out the same. But the formulas, you know, they, they learn in English and literary. Uh, that there's new uh, new ways of, of, of doing things. They taking words out the dictionary. They putting words in the dictionary. You know, uh, uh, gas prices change. Our age change. The months change. You know, we dealing with change. But one thing that we can be sure that will never change, and that's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and His Word. Amen. Always remain the same. So as we continue to look at what was written, uh, what Paul wrote to Timothy in that second letter, we're, we're now on chapter three, uh, and in uh, Second Timothy chapter three, we're going to start right at verse one, and he says, "Know this also, Amen." Some more instructions, in other words, Amen. Know this also that in the last days. Amen. In the last days. Now, uh, it's where we get our word eschatology from. Study of the last times. That word eschatos is the last. He said in the last days. Perilous. Amen. Perilous times. And then when we look and, and uh, look at this thing about perilous times. He says uh, perilous times. Hard times, uh, troublesome times, terrible. dangerous times, terrible times. Now, how many of us can agree that the world we living in now, this is descriptive of that? Mm -hmm. Amen. I don't. I don't think. Uh, now, if you were to ask a young person, "Is the world going in the right direction? Is America going in the right direction?" They might say yes. Because you know the young people is all about entertainment venues and how much fun they can have. And I mean, America is the place for that. But if you were to ask somebody who's a little seasoned, if the world of America going in the right direction, we know we far, far off base when it comes to what God asked us to do. Amen. So he says in verse 2, for men shall do what? 
become. Now watch this. We always say that word shall means what? Legal term. It's a legal term. It will. It's another word for saying will. Remember, if you sign a contract, don't ever sign a legal document that says words like maybe, <laughs> could, should. You know what I'm saying? You want to sign a contract where the words are will and shall. Maybe. And he says uh, that, so we, we living in a time, he says that men shall or will become lovers of themselves. Well, this is going to be hard. Uh, teaching because any chapter that Paul wrote where there's a list I always ask that we don't just read it, that we find ourselves on the list now you're lucky if you just got one of these issues and, and, and it's very very feasible uh, I'm sorry it's probably very possible that most of us in here got more than one thing on this list that we're going to find out about ourselves now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and testify, but I want you to be honest with yourself that if you find yourself on this list that we're getting ready to read, acknowledge it, uh, try your best to allow God through the power of the Holy Spirit to work on you in that area, amen, and uh, maybe by the time Jesus comes, we might be overcomers in these areas. But one thing I love about God now, and in, in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul teaches us this, that we can pray for God to take some things away from him, and he ain't going to take them off. Why? Because he said what? His grace. his grace is sufficient. But it is good as human beings, as God's children, that we would always uh, try to be moving forward and growing, and uh, growing closer to God in our relationship, and our knowledge. Amen? So let's look at this list. First thing he says that men shall become lovers of themselves. Uh, now loving yourself is no problem, but excessive loving of self to where it puts you in a place to think you superior to other people. That's the problem. So we really have to be able to distinguish. Now watch this. I don't know if y'all remember, but it was another scripture that we was using, and it had the word discern in it. And that led me to look up the true definition of discern because I always thought discernment was just a synonym for understanding. But there's a little bit more to discernment than just understanding something. The word discernment uh, has an element of being able to distinguish uh, basically holy things from common things, to be able to distinguish between two or more things. That's really what the word discernment means. And we have to be able to discern the difference or to make a distinction between uh, loving yourself to the, to the uh, uh, area of pride or just having a good, healthy love and respect for yourself. And we teach our children that. Always respect yourself and love yourself. Amen? And that's a good thing, but don't carry it overboard to what this scripture is implying is the selfie. You know, if you got to take five selfies a day, you know, I'm just using examples. And, and it's nothing wrong with taking selfies. That's not that's not the point I'm making. That that taking selfies is demonic. But if you all into you, you kind of have to watch that attitude. The Bible says that uh, we shouldn't be lovers to the to the point of pride of ourselves. Look at what he says next: covetousness. What does this word covet? To covet something. What does that mean? Remember, uh, he he said in that tenth command: don't covet your neighbor's wife. 
You could have put stuff there because it's more than our neighbor's wife that we covered than or what? What's that word mean? Wanting what somebody else have. Want what somebody else have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you look at this word hmm. covered, and in the uh, original language, the word. Lagros. Amen. And uh, it simply means that we looking upon other people's stuff as ours. So he's saying, and there's nothing wrong with you seeing, let's just use this for an example. You see somebody got a nice car, ain't nothing wrong with saying, oh, that's a nice car. I, I would like to have a car like that, or I want a car like that. That's not that's not coveting. That's seeing something that you know you saw somebody else had something and you like it and you would want one. But you don't want one just because they got it. You want it because you like it. You understand the difference? Amen. Because uh, sometimes that's the first time we see most things that we see. It's because somebody else drives by it or they show it on a commercial or you know what I'm saying. And you see it, you be like, oh, I sure like that blonde. I sure like that hairstyle. But it's not the point that you liking it just because they got it. You like it because you like it. We like to say not keeping up with the Joneses. Not trying to keep up with the Joneses. That's right. That's right. Amen. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> he says here, fond of silver. Amen. Fond of money. Coveting people's stuff. Always wanting what you see other people have and you want it just because they got it. And like Elder said, we know that term as uh, keeping up with the Joneses. So he says that uh, boasters, boasters. Now, uh, Paul even, and I, I mentioned 2 Corinthians 12 earlier about Paul's uh, dealings with the thorn in the flesh. And at one point, Paul said, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast about God. Amen? If there's anything I'm going to boast about, I'm going to boast about God. Uh, boasting about ourselves. And what's another word? What's that? Uh, huh? Bragging. Bragging. Amen. Bragging. Boasting. Uh, being being overly proud of what you, what you have accomplished. It's okay to be proud about what you accomplished, but don't be overly. Look at the next word he says in the King James. He says what? Proud. And in the uh, Hebrew version, he says arrogant. Arrogant. Overly confident. Overly confident. Ain't nothing wrong with confidence. Because if you don't believe in you, trust me, ain't nobody else going to believe in you. Do you know that the way you feel about yourself shows by how you treat yourself in public? It's easy to tell how some people feel about themselves. Very, very easy to tell. But we shouldn't be overly uh, confident and overly proud. Uh-oh, here goes this other word. Blasphemers. Blasphemers. Now, uh, Yeshua described this word blasphemy is the only unpardonable sin, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Speaking evil or slanderous, reproachful or railing or abusive against somebody, blasphemous. Amen. And we, we, we've uh, been taught as well that blasphemy is giving credit to the devil for things God has done or taking credit to yourself. For things that God has done. Scrupulous. 
disobedient to parents. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That can get you in trouble. Watch this. That's even if you're 60 and mama 80. <laughs> Hallelujah. It ain't just talking about kids. <coughs> Disrespectful to your parents, period. Amen. Unthankful. What's that other word? Ingrates. We call them. Amen. It's really ungrateful. You know, but we call them ingrates. Look at that. Just people trying to do stuff for you, and you ain't even got the courtesy to say thank you. And appreciate what they're doing for you, too. Because sometimes we do say thank you, but we treat whatever it is that somebody's giving us, we treat it like it's nothing. Un, yeah, or oh, it's not enough. That's right. Unholy, which is simply just the opposite of holy. <laughs> Amen? So we really have to watch our character. Now, living in today's culture, do you know that you could be doing a lot of these things and there's nothing wrong with it in today's society? So you really have to be a Christian to even understand what he's saying. Because some of this stuff, you know, people would look at you and be like, well, what's wrong with that? It's, it's very important that you teach your children how to lose just as well as you teach them how to win. Actually, I think you should teach them how to lose first. They'll appreciate the win better. But we live in a culture where nobody knows how to lose. That's what these consolation trophies and prizes coming up as. <laughs> Participation. That's what I'm talking about. Participation trophy. We're not teaching, we're not teaching the generation how to go through. Because watch this. Now, those of us that's in this room, we know you ain't gonna win every, everything you get into. And, but you have to learn how to be a good loser. Because you know what, what learning how to be a good loser does, or learning how to be a good follower does? When you do win. It teaches you how to uh, respect that win and not be in these other words that he talked about previously. Uh, arrogant, boastful, proud. Uh, I don't agree with the taunting calls in the NFL, but I understand why they did it. Because that's arrogant, that's boastful. You score a touchdown, it's okay for you to spike the ball, but you ain't got to spike the ball in the man's face when you score it up. Score 100 points. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know the man that you come out on that one. But really, a coach got in trouble for that. Recently. You know, I think it was a little high school game or whatever, college. And uh, the, 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 the team, I don't even think they had any points. Yeah. I don't think the other little team pulled the team. They didn't have no points. And coach just kept on, <laughs> the other team just kept on scoring on them. What they really call that uh, unsportsmanship. If you see you weighing them out and you got a certain amount of points, I mean, even though Madden, come on, we skunk at 21. If, I, if I'm beating you by 21 points, man, we're going to just start the game over because you ain't got to change. Amen. Amen. And then he says, uh, without natural affection. <coughs> now, he uses this same term in Romans chapter 1. I'm not going to go there, but without natural affection. Now, I'm going to use this example, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to move on. But it is unnatural for a woman to want to kill her baby inside her belly. That is, that, is, that is not natural affection. Watch this. This is a term. Uh, America is always on China about their inhumanity, about their inhumane treatment of their citizens. Because, you know, in China, they got a, a what is it, China or Japan? 
when they got the one baby law. It's China. They got the one baby law. You can have one baby. That's it. And if that baby is a girl, you can kill that baby and try again. That's inhumane. And America is on China for killing the baby girls. But you're killing boys and girls. You're not even making a distinction. You're just killing, like, I forget what the number is, 632,000 or 832,000 a year. And you got nerve to go point the finger at China? Because at least they're doing it for population control. You killing babies in your belly cause just because you had sex and now you don't want a baby. And when you bring up the thing about incest and rape, that's below 0.1% that that happens to. So that's not a reason uh, to kill 600-some thousand or 800-some thousand in the womb because less than 0.1% was raped or uh, 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 brutally worked or uh, incestual. In incestual. <laughs> Amen? So unnatural affections. Men, men want men. That's unnatural affection, y'all. That, for that matter, women want women. Now, this is what I've tried to do in my effort to be fair. In my effort to try to be fair, I've it was always disgusting to watch two men kiss. But in my effort to be fair, when they get ready to show two women kissing, I turn the channel on that too. In my effort to, to, to be fair about it. Amen. Amen. Uh, truce breakers. Can't keep a promise if, 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 if it kid. Can't keep a promise. Truce breakers. Now watch it. You know, truce breaking, <coughs> truce breaking goes into divorce. You can't keep a promise to God because you stood in front of God and said, I do it, me too. So all these divorces going around, all you're doing is breaking truce between you and God. Amen? King James. Uh, false accusers. Now you know that's what they call the devil. Accuser, the accuser of the brethren. Amen. The accuser of the brethren. So if, if we making false accusations against people, that's uh, putting you in the same category as the devil. Amen. The accuser of the brethren. False accusers. Incontinent. Or basically no self-control. Remember that last fruit of the spirit is what? Self-control. When Paul gave that fruit of the spirit, the last one is self-control. And this, this word incontinent is actually a medical term uh, of somebody who uh, can't hold a urine. Basically is, is, is the sense I was taught. And so when I saw this word used in scripture, I'm like, now, what, what is an incontinent person? But just like you can't hold yourself, you can't hold yourself. There's things in your life that you have no self-control with. Now, some things are socially acceptable. Like I said, there's a lot of things living in America that's socially acceptable, so you think you're okay, but that's against God's law. See, God's law supersedes man's law. So if you keep in God's law, you're gonna automatically keep man's law. But keeping man's law in no way implies that you keep in God's law. You can be keeping man's law and not God's law. But if you keep God's law, you also keep in man's law. And that's what's so good about being a Christian. You just follow God and you don't have a problem with uh with following what's going on on earth. 
Amen. So we look at this word uh, incontinent, and it's people who just cannot control themselves. Whether now the first thing comes up when you talk about self-control is those old cultural or social norms. First thing people gonna say: alcohol, drugs, uh, sex. But how many of us know that we are uh, incontinent when it comes to food? You see? Some of us just like can't stay away from the pork chop. <clears throat> Amen. My doctor told me one time my cholesterol was really high. A little foreign doctor turned around on her stool and because uh, she wanted to put me on medicine. I was like, no, I just, you know, control it with my diet because I love ice cream and shrimp. So I knew where it was coming from. She turned around her chair and told me, you Americans cannot stop eating your beef and your pork. I don't eat meat much. I know that ain't where it's coming from with me because I ain't a big meat eater. But what she did was what? She stereotyped. It was really very racist. I could have got in trouble for it. You know, because she, she was general in saying you Americans, but you know what she wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, fears. Mm. <coughs> You know, the first prayer came up, actually, two people came to mind. Antiochus Epiphanes and Nero came to mind. Of course, we could go all the way back to Alexander the Great. Uh, and many and many other uh, warriors, uh, even in our lifetime, you know, Hitler was fierce. They tell me Mussolini was fierce. You know, he, in, in other words, you, Castro, you know, uh, how you call those type of people? Uh, uh, tyrants, what the word I was looking for, but I would use it for lack of a better one. Uh, tyrants, uh, people who will kill your wife in front of you to prove a point. You know, take your children and, and, and do things to them in front of fears, just murders. Watch this next one. Despisers of those that are good. Despisers of doing good. Now, let me tell you something. Now, all of us in here grown, ain't no kids in here, but I do want to remind you, everybody smiling in your face ain't your friend. They got some folk that's hating on you. And you, you with them every day, too. And they with you, what, 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 uh, some come around because they think you're funny. Others come around when they need some money. Some we grew up with around the way. You got to be, and these are things we should be teaching our children. Man, baby, everybody's smiling with you ain't your friend. Even at our age, I tell you, be careful what you tell uh, people about your <laughs> private life. Everything ain't meant for a commentary on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I, you know, I don't really trip out when I see the young generation do it. But when I see older folk, 40, 50, 60 years old, and you living your whole life, you, you and your spouse arguing about something, and you got to go to Facebook with it? God have mercy. Amen. Amen. Traders, all from a dollar. <laughs> all from a dollar more. They'll, they'll, they'll trade on you in a minute. High minded. 
Or uh, oh, watch this. I like the way the Hebrew says it. Headstrong. Headstrong. Now, I don't want to put a number on it, but I'll, I'll stay general. Do you know, oh, watch this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What's the root of all disputes? The root of <clears throat> every argument you've been in in your life is because you was trying to get your way. And watch this. In an effort of trying to get your way, what are you actually telling another person? That they ain't getting their way. So we only argue when we be in selfish. Okay? So watch this. Just think about it. I don't know the number because for each of us it's different. But what percentage of your arguments really wasn't about nothing? <laughs> what percentage of your arguments that you having with those you say you love, that ain't about nothing anyway? <clears throat> Some of us just simply have what? Argumentative spirit. Some of, look, some human beings just, it's their character flaw. Maybe we can do something about it. Maybe we can't. Because a lot of times, uh, Dr. Wiggins taught us that by the time you're 11 years old, your character has been formed of what kind of person you're going to be. Not that you can't change, and I don't get it wrong. But he said by the time you get 11 years old, you already know, uh, you, you have already formed opinions about life. Mm -hmm. That's what a Christian psychologist taught us. Gave us evidence, too. Not scripture, but he gave us evidence. Amen. So, high-minded, uh, I'm sorry, headstrong is the one we want to stick with. Uh, now, you don't want to be passive. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be passive patty all the time. But you really have to ask yourself, Am I a headstrong person? Do I just walk my way all the time? Now, for most boys, the answer to that question is yes. And I'm going to speak for you. <laughs> Until we learn how to grow out of that, as boys, we want what we want. And, and it, 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 it kind of, uh, growing up, especially with young boys, it kind of don't matter if we hurt people's feelings or not. We just want what we want. High minded. I'm better than everybody. Strong, headstrong. Jonathan Cohn, in his book, The Harbinger, he wrote a chapter about uh, 911, about the planes hitting the Twin Towers. And he used for example, he showed it on tape, he showed it. Uh, Senator John Edwards, who was Senator at the time, and Senator Barack Obama, who was Senator at the time, they stood after 911 and made a speech and they quoted word for word Isaiah chapter 9. After the, after the, I forget how to go, after something has fallen, uh, the cedars or something like that, it says, we will rebuild, we will be stronger. Isn't that, watch this, every time America have a tragedy, ain't that what they say? We will rebuild. We, well, if God is trying to turn you to him, but you steady uh, thumbing your nose at God saying, well, we will rebuild. We're strong and we're resilient. We're headstrong. You, catch, you see where I'm going with this? We're headstrong. But I mean, it's amazing to me how people go to church 
than people reading the Bible and not recognizing the flaw in our mentality and spirit. God doesn't want us to be headstrong. God wants us to turn to him and count on him. He don't want us to rebuild bigger. What's Biden thing right now? Build, build, what? Build bigger plans. Build better, build back, build, build back, back better. The build back better plan, something like that. <clears throat> they saying it, they saying it right in our face. We're not correlating it with scripture. Headstrong. God can't even sit you down and stop you. Conceited. He says here, uh, lovers of pleasure more than love of God. Well, some yeah, y'all got y'all devices with you. Somebody Google uh, uh, how much America spent on entertainment every year. Watch the numbers. Watch the numbers. Oh yeah. How much do Americans spend on entertainment? And of course, when you talk about entertainment. That's a vast area. You got sports venues, you got concerts, mm -hmm. uh, restaurants, comedy shows, comedy shows huh? Subscriptions. Uh, I mean, so entertainment. When uh, you know people really don't buy CDs and albums and all that no more, but however you get in your music, you know, uh, uh, it's it's easy to spend two hundred dollars a month just to have full access on this thing. It's easy. By the time you get your internet, your streaming service, it's easy to spend almost $200 a month just on our phones. And what really and truthfully have our phones become? Entertainment. Calling somebody is the least thing you do with your phone. <laughs> you know, calling somebody or receiving a call, that's the least, well I'm gonna speak for myself, that's the least of what I do with my phone. I study on my phone. I watch TV on my phone. I listen to music on my phone. And I'm paying almost $200 a month to do that. You know, so we are lovers of pleasure more than God. Now watch this. Remember a few weeks ago, I asked the question. I got this from somebody else. He said, what's the two most important things that every Christian needs? The two most important things that every Christian needs to love nothing more than you love God and to get your joy out of nothing more than God. Nothing else should give you more joy than your Christian experience. You should love God. You should love nothing more than you love God. That's the two, that's the two things that Christians need the most. Love God more than you love anything else and now watch this. How do we get, uh, let me use the word that's in here. Actually, in both the King James and in the Hebrew, it uses the word pleasure. Now, how do you as a human being get pleasure? Come on. What? How do you get pleasure? What's your pleasure in mind? Dopamine. Dopamine. And I don't care what it is, y'all. If it makes you happy and feel good, it's because whatever that thing is. But some people is shooting a needle in their arm. Hallelujah. Now, that's kind of weird to some of us in here. 
But some people shoot a needle in their arm and they get they brain release dopamine. Some people, uh, what, what you call the ones that cut themselves? It make their body release dopamine. Whatever drive, come on. Why you think I bought a motorcycle? Somebody told me one day, don't be riding that motorcycle fast. I said, why do you think I bought a motorcycle? I bought it so I can go fast. Speed raises my dopamine level. For some people, once again, it's food. See a good steak, and boy, I mean, do you know what a commercial is on TV? A commercial or advertisement, or like my friend used to say, in the military, an advertisement? Hmm. Power of suggestion. That's all a commercial is. And they know it, too. They spend <laughs> millions of dollars. Watch this. How much do commercials be on the Super Bowl? Hmm. And every year they go, can you imagine what they're going to be this year? And, but, but you know what? They would spend millions of dollars for a 30-second 30 30 spot because they know if they show it to you enough, you're going to go buy one. They know that. They know that. That's why they switched down these last, in these last days. I don't, I don't know how long they've been doing it, but that's why they have switched to sight reading in school. They used to teach us phonics, break the word down in syllables phonetically, and you could spell any word. But now they're doing what the children was called sight reading. In other words, just keep showing it to them. That's what a commercial is. You ever notice you watch one show, one hour show, and you see the same commercial like five times? What is the repetitive? Why would they keep showing you the same commercial, spending that much money on it? Because they know power suggestion. Amen. Holding a form of godliness, but having, uh, but denying the power thereof. Holding a form, in other words, going to church but not really believing in God. And trust me, we got that going on. We, now I ain't just talking about self-rest, I'm talking about Christianity, period. <clears throat> Go to church, but do not love God. And watch this, don't you believe God loves you? So we now almost go hand in hand with blasphemy because they deny the power. Denying the power. Yeah, give it, and, but of course blasphemy is giving the power to something on somebody else. But yeah, you know, we 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 really have to evaluate. And that's remember, that's what seasons is about. That's what years is about. New year coming in, and I ain't talking about January. Uh New Year's coming in, seasons changing. Those are actually time for self-critique and self-evaluation. Yeah, check, check your life out. December 31st coming. Check your life out. What's your motive? Why are you doing what you're doing? Amen. Uh, what do you wait a minute, verse 6? For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. The Hebrew says gullible women. Uh, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Amen. Or if you read the King James, that word divers means different. Different types of lust. In other words, just playing with people. You know, uh, there's a lot of church learned behavior that all you got to do is grow up in church or go to church for a few years and You'll learn when to say amen. You'll learn when to say hallelujah. You'll learn when to wave your hand. You'll learn the songs. You'll, you'll learn to put money in the plate. But don't know God. Church learn to hate. 
And we have to really be, we have to really be careful about adopting church learned behavior. Uh, uh, because it, like you said, it's a form of godliness. In other words, what is he really saying? That you really only got God well on the outside. That's right. See, okay, okay, okay. Um, what, one of the things that can define a Christian is uh, when the tornadoes blow can, uh, Kentucky almost off the map, <laughs> we're going to send a gift. When stuff happened in Haiti, and that's something I forgot to put on the report the other night, how much uh, Haiti support we did this year. I thought about that the other day. Uh, I forgot to put that. Uh, but when things happen around the world or in other cities and in other states, the first thing a Christian going to think is, how can I help? That is a good litmus test on your love for God. Because when you love God, you also love what? His people. Watch this. What did James say? How can you say you love God who you ain't never seen and you hate your brother who you see every day? So the first thought in, in our minds when tragedy happens next door, across the street, next town, next <coughs> state, next country, next continent, the first thing we should say is how much are we going to see uh, it takes a special person to be a missionary. Every, and really, Paul said that about every job in the church. All of us in Elder Shows through his class are recognizing their spiritual gifts that everybody ain't gifted in the same areas. But it all, all the gifts come from the same spirit. Amen? And once you, boy, once you find out what your gift is, <laughs> once you find out what your gift is, that's almost, that's almost the uh, challenge of life. One of the challenges of life is to find out your reason for being here, your God-given reason for being here. And I would say that's your gifts. Because why? How, how do we say you recognize, how, how do we say you identify your spiritual gifts? They come easy to you, and you do them for free. That's your gift. You ain't looking to get paid. Watch this. Another way to see it. Your gift is that thing you always find yourself doing, even when you don't want to. You gifted. You, you gifted in that area. Amen. Amen. All right, so he says, uh, this thing about lead, uh, silly women laden with sin. Silly women laden with sins. Now, he, he, he's implying something here because uh, remember, he's writing to Timothy. And Timothy, gullible, is the word used in the Hebrew. And remember, what is Timothy? What, what is his job? What's his profession? He's a what? Pastor. Huh? Uh -huh. Pastor. He's a pastor. <clears throat> remember now, Timothy is the pastor of Ephesus. And Ephesus was the biggest city and since it was the biggest city, it also had the biggest what? Church. And young Timothy <laughs> is the pastor over the biggest church in the biggest city. 
So training a young pastor, training a young preacher, which not, not so much these days, the pastor and the preacher, the bishop, the elder, and the deacon, we don't have a clout like they used to have. And it was real easy for the preacher, the pastor, the uh, bishop, the deacon, and the elder uh, to slide in and out. Like, I, and you know, I, I kind of like what you always say, is if you know you got a problem, and since we're talking about this right here, about going in and out of silly women, gullible women's home, since we're talking about this, you always say, you know if you got a weakness with women, don't be going counsel people and all this by yourself. Because <laughs> sometimes, honestly, sometimes, sometimes, let's just be honest, sometimes your true motivation of going over there wasn't counseling at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he's, he's, he's admonishing uh, Timothy, young Timothy, as you go, uh, 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 Jesus said whenever you go minister you should always go in twos anyway and every time Jesus sent the disciples out he said to tell my dean he sent them out two by two because Solomon said in Ecclesiastes it ain't good to do nothing by yourself because if you fall can't nobody help you he said it's good to have at least two he said but it's better it's better for what Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Mama, Daddy, Children, uh, 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 Administrators, Principals, Students, uh, 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 Generals, <laughs> Captains, Soldiers. I can go on and on and on. I'll show you how the whole earth is predicated up on threes. Every, everything that's pertinent on this earth is predicated up on threes. Amen. So he says uh, in verse 7, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning. Ever, and, and knowledge is good. Reading is good. Studying is good. Knowing, knowing all the history and, and all of that, that's good. But that ain't what saves. Hallelujah. It's good for teaching. You know, if you're going to be a teacher, you sure need to know what you're teaching. But that ain't what saves. Hallelujah. He says, ever learning but never actually coming to the knowledge of the what? Truth. Now, how many of you know that the, uh, there's a difference between fact and truth? Because what was a fact in 1960 ain't a fact right now. Facts change. Hallelujah. <laughs> what was a fact in 1999 ain't even a fact right now. Why? Facts change. But the truth Truth never changes. Amen. Amen. So he says, now as Janus and Jambres, uh, which stood Moshe of Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate, and in, in, uh, looking that word reprobate up in, in what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, Reprobate is a mind that would come up with any kind of lewd act. A reprobate mind, a mind that would come up with any type of, you know, Paul said also in Romans chapter 1 that they find it inventing <laughs> new ways to sin. You know, like the old ways wasn't good enough. <laughs> reprobate mind, just a mind that would do any lewd thing. Are we, are we or are we not living in that kind of culture right now? You know, now, and, and, and I'm not giving men no pass. 
by saying this. I'm not giving men a pass at all. But when the women in, in the society then gave up and just dressing any kind of way and doing anything, you're cussing more than a man and you just, you just vile. And I'm not giving men passes. We vile too. But it's back in, it's like tradition and you can always count on the woman to have the compassion. You usually be able to count on the woman to be the one to hold things together, to try to be chaste and uh, 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 humble, uh, uh, have humility. Uh-uh. The oppressed always becomes just like their oppressor. And women are so sick of men, but have become just like us. I'll move on. He says, now, let me, let me, let me, let me say this real quick on Janice and Jambres. Hmm. Go read, who, who got they see from? Let me show you who these guys are. Janice and Jambres, remember, uh, in Exodus, uh, in the sea for go to Yesha, uh, let's start off at, uh, uh, 79. I think it's 79. Uh, and, and look at like verse 25 or 26. 25 and 26. Something like that. Yeah, 79 and 27. So remember, now the movie, the Ten Commandments, but it's in Exodus, where they were in front of Pharaoh and Moses dropped his stick down, the stick turned into the snake. Well, remember now, Pharaoh's musicians, they dropped their sticks down, they turned into snakes too. It's about two or three. It's about two or three things that Moses did that, that Janice and Jambres was able to perform too. Now, they were magicians, but specifically for historical value, uh, if somebody at the age of uh, 79, 27, read that for me. And when Pharaoh heard their words, he was greatly terrified before them. And he said to them, go today and come back to me tomorrow. And they did according to the word of the king. And when they had gone, Pharaoh sent for Balaam the magician, and to Yannis and Yambres his sons, and to the magicians and conjurers and counselors which belonged to the king. And they all came and sat before the king. And the king told them all the words which Moshe and his brother Aaron had spoken to them. And the magician said to the king, But how came the men to you on account of the lions which were confined at the gate? Mm. And the king said, because they lifted up their rod against the lions and loosed them and came to me. And the lions also rejoiced at them as the dog rejoices to meet his, his Adonai, his mm. brother, his master. Mm -hmm. And Balaam, the son of Baal, Jambres 
and Yammers uh, withstood Moshe. Let me, let me switch my thing. Now that Janus and Jambers with Moses, so do these also resist what? The truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate, that's what that word again, concerning the faith. In other words, now watch this. Reprobate concerning the faith. And the word reprobate means coming up with any kind of lewd, and I've seen that. So pertaining to the faith, they was doing all kinds of stuff. Now watch this. What this shows is, and of course, uh, uh, what was his name? Who, who wrote uh, the Ten Commandments, the Roman? Uh, uh, I forget his name. But that's Flavian. He was the main character. But, but what he was trying to show in that movie with this scene is, now you have to be cautious, you gotta be careful with this in your own life, is that the devil can manifest some stuff. Now that's the point. That's the reason I, I kind of paused and wanted to make sure we understood who, stood, who withstood Moses, who stood against Moses, in other words. The, the enemy has a, watch this, the Bible calls him also the, the God of this world. He calls him the angel of light. There's a lot of names for the devil. And he knows how to manifest things in our lives that would take us away or, or, or hinder our relationship with God. He's good at it. So we have to be careful. Last year I said a lot. I said a lot last year. I haven't said it in 2021 a lot. But don't let everything that shine with glitter and gold fool you. Because you talked about it too when you were doing Revelation 13. When it said that he, you know, the beast could make miraculous signs and wonders to deceive the people. Christians, we have to be careful. Now we know this. This is nothing new that I'm getting ready to say. But we have to be reminded that everything that looked good ain't good. Everything that's good to you. Ain't good for you. Well, I think as, as in the culture, we, huh? I think as Christians, we got a bag. You know, we we want to talk about this stuff as if we don't exist, like magicians and all this other stuff. Not not realize that it's biblical. It happened in the Bible, and, and you know, we got to be careful. That, you know, you see a lot of Christians like to run to these fortune tellers, somebody that's going to tell them their future. That is not of God. That's not of God. That's right. He has predestined us. He knows the. Yeah. So, you know, just be aware that we have an adversary. Just be aware that there is an enemy. And, you know, I keep telling people, I keep telling everybody, the commercial is not going to come on with the devil jumping out saying, hey, this is the wrong of the beast. It's not going to happen like that. It's going to happen like new and improved time. Look at what we have here. New and improved. This is what you need. Go get yours today. And not only are you going to get yours, bring your children and your wife and everybody. Y'all come get this because this is the best thing for you. New and improved time, I'm using this mic now. Uh, <laughs> we got what you need. You know, it was a silly little movie, but the third Halloween. 
with the other stuff. We didn't have to do with the Halloween. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when you put the, the kids put the mask on, they was gonna kill the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go out for Halloween. Everybody get these little pumpkin masks and roll around here. But they was out there really trying to kill the kids. Right. That's right. That's right. We gotta be real careful. We have an adversary. And since the church today don't teach the people, <clears throat> the church today really don't teach the people that we have an adversary. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, we, you know, that I'm getting bombarded. You know, like, chat, that's that's not it, chat. You, you're off base, man. But no, I got the scriptures to prove with what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, we have an adversary. And his job is to what? Everybody know the scriptures. So just be mindful that the enemy can manifest things in your life too. Good things. He will manifest you something good to take you from God. To mess up your relationship with God. Uh, Elder pointed it out that there's a lot of things that the church don't deal with these days, but it's right here in scripture. Angel, the study of angels. It's right here in scripture. They all over, angels all over the place. You know, teaching Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, if you read this, this is a blessing. And I, I talked to somebody just this week. Well, today, Wednesday. It was Sunday. That's this week. And we had the same conversation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I get to one part and I'm like, okay, I got to go now. And I told him when the conversation started, I said, I really don't want to tell you this because it's going to sound ludicrous. You sure you want to hear it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I want to hear it, yeah. So, the culture we live in is lifting up what's against God. Let me just put it that way and I'm going to move on. The culture we live in, it's lifting up what's against God. Look, he says, verse 9, it says, but they shall proceed no further. There you go. It's not going to come to nothing. What he said, uh, how I know the things of this world will last forever. Carnal things. Carnal things going to go away. They rust. What do you say? Uh, moth eat them up. You see? But eternal things, things of God, it lasts forever. <clears throat> but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. And, and deep brought up what we learned in Revelation, and it's, it, the, the beast going to be fooling everybody. And then when he when he go to fooling the church, because the church is going to accept the beast. Remember now, the beast is an apostate church. The beast is not unsaved, uh, the unsaved world. Don't get that twisted. When you see all this stuff in Revelation, right away we think that's just those who didn't accept Christ as that was. It's, it's, it's an apostate church. And one thing about any church is they talk a lot about God and Jesus, but don't really believe in him. 
And that's what that's what Revelation is talking about. When it's talking about Babylon, Babylon has fallen. It's talking about an apostate church. The beast, the beast is a false, is, is a, a, a I ain't gonna say a false, but the beast is a world government leader for the enemy, and the false prophet is a church leader for the enemy. Uh, you, you read about them in, uh, what you say, 13? In chapter 13, that's where you meet the beast and the false prophet at. And it's an apostate church that's going to rear its head in the last time that's going to be teaching people. Now watch this. This is how I feel very, very, very comfortable that I'm on the right track. Not because of my arrogance and my pride. It's because what I'm being told is the same thing they told Jesus. That's how I know how, how do you think, how do you know you're right? Because y'all told Jesus he was wrong and crazy too. Called him a devil too. Hallelujah. Taking one, two, three little scriptures and then pointing it out. But how do you know, how, how do you know the tree? How do you know what kind of tree you're looking at? About a flower's make about a fruit and bad. That's how you know the tree you're looking at. And since in America, we've been taught to think that bigger is better, Small churches are those that's doing nothing, and big churches the ones that's doing everything. But I'm so glad that my Bible tells me that wide is the road that leads to destruction, and there's going to be many on it. He said, but the road that leads to righteousness, watch this. He says, now, and it's only going to be a few. And watch this. One thing we also learned about the narrow road is everybody traveling in the same direction. On that wide road where they got everybody at, it's confusion because you got people going north, south, east, and west. Why? Because they don't know where they're going. They got no, they got no moral compass. And when you have no moral compass guiding you, you get lost. So you have to know where you stand on issues. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're gonna go ahead and stop right there. Where I stopped at? Ten. Ten. So I'm gonna start back. Uh, but 